0: Directive Written by Fisser 946 The First Ones Made the Desperates Thousands upon thousands of races were spliced and crafted. Empty husks filled with souls pools from the aether. Each and every race was meticulously crafted, engineered to perfection, for the directive of the First Ones wished for them. The Ardal were made with keen nerves upon their feet to taste the ground that they walked on, and better choose soil with which to plant their harvests with powerful hands. The Waikun were small and light, yet wiry and strong, and had on their bodies many limbs with which to build grand structures, swinging and climbing within the skeletal scaffolding. The hypocrite had on their heads powerful eyes and on their bodies glowing eyes with which they navigated the great mines with ease in search of the precious metals and minerals the first ones craved so all was well millennia passed in perfect organized peace then came the blight perhaps it was a malicious disease made by the katoop bioengineers in spite of their masters others argue that the gods were displeased with the rule of the first ones and cast the blight upon them in rage some say that the first ones only came to the galaxy to create life and left their mortal bodies when they saw their creation completed the how and why of the blight were irrelevant the first ones perished leaving behind the desperates their passing was mourned on a million worlds by many thousands of peoples but when the morning was over they did what they had been designed to do the azar continued to collect water and purify it the footwork continued to build starships and the quetil continued to pilot those ships distributing everything and everyone as needed to the millions of worlds the desperates inhabited each race went about their original directive the gohal were made for war can their blame really be placed upon them for what ensued? The Desperates were given their directives with no end in mind save for the one envisioned by the First Ones themselves. For the vast majority of the myriad of Desperates, those directives entailed creation and discovery. The Gohal had been formulated for strength and endurance. They had three limbs on their upper body to hold and manipulate terrible weapons. Two more limbs held them up and carried them far. A hard shell of chitin served to armor them, the pieces meeting at the joints to allow graceful and fluid movement. Three bulbous, multifaceted eyes faced three directions on their head to allow them a 360-degree view and a large brain to allow them to process the fights rapidly and respond appropriately and effectively. They quickly took to the stars to follow their directive a trillion lives were snuffed out as the gahal took through force that which had been given freely and enslaved those who had served eagerly the gahal butchered the very races they had been created to protect and the stars were painted blue with the blood of the innocent they were unstoppable their spread was relentless Their single-minded cruelty, unforgiving, and their capacity for war and bloodshed was infinite. Then they found the humans. At first, the Gahal were perplexed. The humans didn't seem to follow a directive. Or at least, not a single directive. They built, engineered, crafted fine jewelry, wrote songs, grew food, waged war. They were not unlike the Gahal either. Four limbs, two near the top and two to the bottom their skeleton was on the inside rather than the outside leaving exposed soft and squishy flesh two forward-facing eyes and a relatively large brain though for what the brains had been programmed the Gohal knew not some wondered whether they were an incarnation an amalgamation of sorts to represent all the desperates others postulated that the humans were the reincarnation of the first ones themselves in the end it did not matter to them The Gahal did as they had done thousands of times previously. They waged war. Then the Gahal did something they had not done before. They lost momentum and their spread was halted. Races had tried to fight back in the past and had been crushed beneath the might of the Gahal. But the humans remained unswayed. They fought back fiercely, killing thousands of Gahal even as their own people were slaughtered by the millions the Ghal losses swelled to millions and then billions as the humans began dying by the hundred thousands then by the tens of thousands then by the thousands and for the first time a Ghal felt something akin to fear their perplexion with the humans was transformed into pure animosity as it became increasingly clear that the first ones had made another race to wage war and their war with the humans became increasingly violent as more and more gahal fleets were called from other desperate worlds to assist in the elimination of the competition finally as a desperate gambit the gahal called the yurhubu slaves to decipher the many tongues of the war-born and teach it to a select few of the elite soldiers Unfamiliar with the roles of researchers, the Gahal elite forces were sent to the humans' greatest concentrated stores of information in the frantic search for a weakness. A psychological or physiological one, the first ones gave them, or an exploitable one, as a result of their secret directive. The war had gone on for too long, and it was time to end things. An approaching blue-and-white vehicle with flashing red sirens burst into flame and debris as a well-aimed shot from Seven's pulse cannon rendered it into an immobile piece of burning scrap metal. One human in sight struggled to escape from the vehicle, but was firmly secured in place by a black strap. Three quickly approached as the alien began screaming, What is your directive? Three asked the human struggled to loosen the primitive weapon from its holster on its hip even as the flames licked at its legs and crawled up its artificial covering two shots rang out and two deep thunk sounds swallowed as the pieces of lead were deflected harmlessly off the of three's chitin three plunged his fist into the chest of the human red blood gushed from the wound around his hand as he pulled out the beating heart of the uncooperative individual The screams ceased, but the human thrashed one momentarily. Seven turned away to follow six into the building as three left the alien to its fiery fate. There had been ten when they had landed. The council had deemed the risk of destroying the information stalls too great to send them close to it, so their ship had been directed quite a ways off. They had cut down the masses of humans surrounding their ship before realizing that they were not combat humans they had encountered the outer colonies on the front. Several of their own were killed as they struggled through the labyrinth of buildings to find their information building, something that the humans called a library. It became apparent that the humans were not expecting an outright assault on their homeworld as the combat humans they encountered were armed with only simple firearms rather than the chitin-shattering weaponry that bared on the front lines. Still, the Gahal elite had their losses. One, nine, and ten died when the humans shot them in their eyes. The lightning-quick shrapnel tore past the soft eyes of the three elites and into their brains, killing them instantly. Two and four perished when the humans were able to shoot them in chinks of their armor. Their deaths had been far slower and infinitely more agonizing. Five and eight chitin were shattered and broken when a rather large and cumbersome-looking vehicle crashed into them. Seven had barely leapt out of the way as the machine roared past, leaving the mangled remains of his fellow elite twitching and dying blue puddles of their own blood. Seven alone had slaughtered fourteen humans and did not know how many others had killed before the streets grew empty. It gave him little comfort as he plunged himself into the poorly lit abyss of the library before seven had been sent to earth he had been fifty-six one gahal amongst many on the moon of qui two three four a waequan colony had decided to rebel their limbs and strength allowed them easy and graceful movements through the trees swinging through them as though they were scaffolding on some grand structure they had stolen the pulse weapons of their guard and had captured them. By the time Seven, then Fifty-Six, had arrived, the Waikwin colonists had already erected a fortress. The Gahal quickly tore open the doors of the building and slaughtered everyone inside. The Waiquan colonists fought bravely, but in the end, they weren't built to fight. Not like the Gahal. Within the span of one rotation around Kui-234, The Gahal turned the fortress into a tomb. A loud ringing from without the structure heralded the arrival of more combat humans as seven, six, and three delved deeper into the building. An elderly human shivered and shook behind a large wooden desk. Three asked of its director before slaying the pathetic human. Seven moved deeper within the library and made a sound of exasperation as he saw the true extent of their task. The Yorub slaves had learned from the human captives of their many information stores. There was something they called the Internet that most humans relied on for information. However, the Gahal Council deemed it a futile search. The captives made it very clear that the Internet mostly consisted of pornography, entertainment, human music, and fabricated information. The second greatest stores of information were the libraries, physical copies of information arranged for easy search. However, they had not specified the great extent of the information within. The very walls were lined with books, and the literal walls of books created a labyrinth of salts within the confines of the library. Seven was facing several lifetimes of searching. This is futile. There are too many. Six spoke Seven's thoughts in their native tongue, the language of the First Ones. You will go back to the ship and request a larger team to acquisition these books. I agree. Seven clicked back in the native tongue. The council can bring in more. Your hub to research through them. It is agreed. Three bowed his head in a notion of acceptance. The three remaining gohal walked through the maze of corridors towards the exit. It wasn't until they were back at the main passageway of the library that seven saw the human waiting outside. Breeze, put your hands over your heads. A loud human voice demanded over the sounds of sirens. There were only seven humans outside the building, though each was armed with greater extent than the other combat humans they had encountered earlier. Seven recognized two humans armed with chitin-shattering weapons amongst them, though the rest were woefully under-equipped to deal with the three elite Gohal. What is your directive? Seven asked in reply as the three Gohal slowly reproached the combat humans his voice all but drowned out by the loud sirens. "'Open fire!' the human yelled. The two humans with and shatterers were clearly unfamiliar with the weapons that they were holding. The weapons jerked and twitched in their hands, missing entirely as three and six rushed forward and tore their wielders apart. Seven took aim with his pulse cannon, the weapon charged for a moment before unleashing a devastating wave of energy." One of the vehicles exploded into black shrapnel and flames. The force of the explosion sent a solitary human flying away, its broken body landing mutilated and inert. Mastered! A single human ran up to Seven, its projectiles bouncing nearly harmlessly off Seven's chitin. Seven ducked and weaved to avoid the nuisance of the bullets as he rushed to meet the determined foe. He plunged his fingers into the flesh of the human's firing arm and lifted it into the air. It dropped the weapon and writhed in agony, trying to free itself. What is your directive? Seven asked. He was getting very tired of asking. The first ones gave your people a directive. What is it? Wreck you, the human spat in one of Seven's eyes. He killed the human and threw aside its corpse before wiping away the saliva. What is your directive? Three asked a human pinned beneath one of his feet. The human struggled for a moment without answering before another one burst out from behind one of the vehicles. Its weapon made a sound like an explosion, and all three's eyes burst like balloons filled with blue blood. Seven ran forward and killed the vexatious human, but six was closer. He plunged his four-fingered hand into the back of the human and rendered it inert. As its body collapsed, the other combat humans that had been previously pinned beneath three had a clear shot. Without a word, it fired several rounds at six, three rounds bouncing harmlessly off his chiton before the fourth round found its mark. The hypersonic led tall through one of six's front eyes and out the back eye. Seven moved forward and crushed the responsible human underfoot. Before Six's body hit the ground, just die already. Seven nearly collapsed under the barrage of rapid fire before pouncing behind one of the vehicles and using it as cover. What is your directive? Seven asked from behind the machine. Directive? What the hell's that? The human was close. Seven couldn't see it, but he could hear it on the other side of the vehicle. The first ones gave all intelligent races a directive. What's your directive? Seven saw a shadow move from beneath the vehicle. Acting quickly, he strained to flip over the human machine. The car tipped to one side and the human rolled between it and the ground, in the space provided by the wheels. First ones! Who the hell is the first ones? The human pointed its weapon up at Seven's face from its low position. Seven quickly ducked out the way rather than risk his life in ending the human. What he had learned was too valuable to lose now from a short distance he took aim with his pulse cannon but in a few moments it took to charge the human had already fired a barrage of projectiles into the sleek pulse weapon rendering it useless seven dropped the weapon the human took aim with its primitive weapon click 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 crap the human sounded sick realizing its precarious situation it turned around and grabbed one of the weapons of a fallen ally. Seven acted faster and flung the human aside, far out of reach of any of its weapons. The first ones made everyone. Surely your people were given our directive at the cusp of your creation. You cannot reasonably deny this. Seven was getting annoyed. The human struggled back onto its feet. That's not true at all. The human winced and touched itself on the rim cage. It drew away its hair, red with blood. You sound worse than my Sunday school teacher. We didn't come from anywhere. Primordial ooze tossed into a mold of evolution. That's where we are. Seven struck the human across the face for its insolence. It fell and rolled several feet away. That's a lie. The first ones made you and gave you a directive. Tell me what your directive is. Frick, god oh, damn it, that hurts. The human rolled around in agony before struggling to its feet once more. Didn't you hear? The first ones didn't make us. Seven made a move to strike it down once again, but the human stepped backwards and avoided their hit. I don't know who the hell your first ones are, but I'm pretty sure they've never been here before. Then your species has no directive. Uh, that's improvised things. Seven moved forward to strike the human again, and this time he didn't miss. The human went tumbling, landing near the burnt wreck of a vehicle Seven had shot previously. The flames had nearly died out, but the wreck was still smirking. Wait! No! Please! Wait! The human meekly held up one hand in protest of its death as Seven approached. We, uh, we do have a directive. Its voice was weak. "'How do you have a directive if one was not given to you?' Seven waved his hands in frustration. Just when he thought things were becoming simpler, they became complicated once again. Perhaps the humans were created by another race, not unlike the first ones. Perhaps they were a race's version of the Gohal, a race of warmongers. "'We, uh, we have a directive,' the human coughed. "'Its voice barely a whisper.' Seven moved closer, afraid that the injuries that he had inflicted would prevent the discovery of the human directive. Mother Nature gave us the directive. The voice of the human was barely audible. It beckoned weakly for Seven to come closer. Perhaps this Mother Nature was their version of Gohal's first ones. Seven leant in closer to the human to hear its dying words. Suddenly and, without warning, the human grabbed onto Seven's neck and pulled their heads together in a vicious headbutt. Seven felt his two front eyes burst with the force of the impact and was left seeing only from his back eye. Seven reached forward to kill the treacherous human, but it was no longer where he was expecting it to be. The human suddenly appeared from Seven's posterior point of view. A blackened shard of steel in hand. A soft human arm wrapped around Seven's neck as he struggled to grab the dissembling creature. What is your directive, deceiver? Seven asked once more, voice seething with hate. The human leant in, close enough for Seven to smell the rank stench of its breath and the sour smell of its sweat and blood. Survive, the human grimaced as it plunged the black shard into Seven's back eye and into his brain. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope, that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.